This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. Sadiq Khan was all smiles as he arrived at the Globe Theatre on the South Bank, where he took to the stage to sign in once again as Mayor of London. So amateur thespians trying to get the stage. Oh, we're not staging this, are we? Oh, There's quite a serious job to do, though, and the location of the ceremony wasn't by chance. The mayor's launched the Let's Do London campaign, encouraging people to take staycations in the capital and put some money back into all those entertainment hotspots and cultural venues that have been starved of visitors during lockdown. It's the first initiative of a second term secured by Mr Khan at the weekend in a vote that was a bit more dramatic than a lot of people thought it would be. Our City Hall editor Ross Lydell was there. Ross, it wasn't exactly close in the end, but it was closer than predicted. From about two months out, the prospect of Sadiq winning in the first round was raised. Now, that was always a bit unrealistic and it's something that his own campaign team never endorsed. Uh, And in the end, that first round victory never happened. It took two rounds, as expected, to get him over the line. He got about 40% of the first votes, the first preference votes, uh, and then won overall by about 55%. So it was a fairly commanding victory. It was only a one percentage point down overall on 2016 uh, when it went to the second round runoff. So he did win. Uh, with uh, a more than hefty majority. Sadiq Aman Khan received 192,313 second preference votes. Added to his total first preference votes, this gives Sadiq Aman Khan a total of 1,206,034 votes. Sean Bailey received 84,000 550 second preference votes. Added to his total first preference votes, this gives Sean Bailey a total of 977,601 votes. I therefore declare Sadiq Aman Khan elected as the Mayor of London. (laughs) 
You were at the camp, which obviously went on a bit longer than a lot of people had expected. Did it feel like there were little moments of drama going on? I remember people tweeting about Sean Bailey thinks he might have he might have won the, the, the mayoralty at one point. It was quite a dramatic evening. There's no denying it. It was dramatic first on Friday night because the count was extended over two days. On the Friday evening, with the first four constituencies counted, Sean Bailey was ahead by about 5,000 votes, which caused uh, an almighty flurry on social media and amongst many of the, shall we say, Westminster watchers, the uh, lobby journalists who spend the time looking at the numbers in Parliament and don't really know very much about City Hall elections or what happens in City Hall, um, without wishing to name names. The reality was, of course, that the reason Sean Bailey was ahead was because two of the Tory stronghold constituencies had declared first. Sadiq would have been ahead if they'd declared the Labour ones first. It was as simple as that. It wasn't the case that Sean was essentially likely to win. It's just that his votes came through quicker than Sadiq's did. Then come to Saturday, so by the end of Friday, it's important to say that Sadiq had opened up uh, a sort of net majority of about 20,000 votes. And then come Saturday, he basically consolidated that throughout the day as the results continued to sort of dribble in rather slowly. And by sort of late afternoon, there was one key constituency, the area of Barnet and Camden in North London, that basically Sean Bailey had to win. It was uh, held by Labour. And by then, it was pretty obvious that there was really no way back for Sean. And Sadiq went on to build up this rather commanding lead that he he never lost. And uh, hence, he's the man now in City Hall for the next three years. You've spoken, obviously, to Sadiq Khan today. And, and you asked him if he would, might change the way that he acts as a mayor. What did he tell you? That's right. I spoke to Sadiq this morning at the Shakespeare's Globe. He was being signed in this morning, the sort of official ceremony to legally make him mayor again. And uh, the Evening Standard was lucky enough to bag the first media interview straight afterwards. Uh, he was in very good form, very happy. The sun was shining. Uh, you know, it's a day of celebration. It's a massive day in his life, just like it was in 2016. So all congratulations to him. He didn't really give any indication that his style would change much. I didn't realise that I got the I secured the biggest vote ever received by a um, by a candidate other than myself, of course, in 2016. But also, I discovered I've got the biggest majority ever other than myself in 2016. Uh, quite a pretty, quite a, quite a decent mandate, if I say so myself. But quite clearly, the pressing need is to reboot London's economy as quick as he can. Uh, post-pandemic, you know, obviously the fact that we're heading into the summer months, the fact that so many of us are now vaccinated are all going to help hugely. Then we have the changes coming in June in terms of uh, home working, office working and so on as well. So Sadiq has, if you like, uh, beginning his second term at a good time for the city anyway, and he's hoping to do what he can to essentially encourage people from elsewhere in London and especially around the country to come to London. The campaign's called Let's Do London. I guess it's a phrase that many families elsewhere may think, yeah, let's let's give London a spin for a weekend, uh, for a staycation. But, uh, the biggest domestic marketing campaign our city's seen. So you'll be seeing uh, those across the country come into London for overnight stays. You'll see those in outer London uh, and those outside of London doing day trips. But all of us who live in London can actually, for the first time, 
in my lifetime come to the West End without having to compete with international tours for obvious reasons. It's probably the only time you'll be able to not queue as much as you otherwise would just make the most of it. It is interesting that he's come out with this as his first initiative since coming back for a second time as mayor. It's it's an opportunity, isn't it, to talk about the positive aspects of London with things opening up, as you said. He has got some very difficult things to deal with on his desk, though, particularly with crime, doesn't he? I think part of the election, with so much of it to do with knife crime, he's going to have to take another look at how the city's dealing with that, isn't he? Crime is not going to go away. I think there's no doubt about that. He did mention this in his speech today. You know, he did say that he would be working night and day to try to deliver safer streets. It's a tough job and uh, none of the candidates could honestly hold their hand up and say that they could stop the extent of um, you know serious knife crime, murders and so on. It's a task that involves many agencies. But what was interesting about Sadiq's approach today, he spent the last five years being pretty confrontational with the Tory government and not really ever missing the opportunity to remind people of how things were run when Boris Johnson was mayor. You know, he blames Boris and the Tory government for an initial reduction in police numbers and failing to spend enough money on police. And he said he had to deal with the legacy of that. Uh, Today, it was much more a message of conciliation or reconciliation. Uh, You know, he was talking about bringing London together, both after the pandemic, after Brexit. We've got to avoid this cultural, which is, you know, tearing our country apart. I think we've got to make sure that we uh, have the uh, Brexit uh, scars healing and we've got to try and bring people together. And uh, what my mission in the second term is to bring our city together. But it was a feeling as well that he's now back in the job with a big mandate, a big vote, and it's really time for the uh, political knockabout between the Tories and Labour to cease and uh, basically both try to get the economy going again, but also perhaps to have an agreed solution on police funding. It's very important that the Met continues to be funded to put more police officers on the streets, he believes. And uh, I think um, a more um, conducive relationship may be in aim. And I believe as well that uh, Sadiq is actually due to be speaking with Boris Johnson this afternoon. So we await a sort of readout of how that goes. And that's the leader. There's more on this in the newspaper and at standard.co.uk. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Please hit follow to make sure you don't miss an episode.